0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Colin Urquhart. This morning we're going to be intensely practical. We're all aware of the noise that is all around us. But I'm going to speak this morning about the noise that is within you because that's the product of what is all around us. And we want to be effective as believers in speaking into the noise that is all around us. So we need to know how to deal with the noise that is within us, within our minds, within our own heads, our brains, what is going on in us every day all all day, every day. So we're going to do a little bit of analysis to begin with, because really there are five different voices that are going on within your life all the time. Three of them are negative, and two of them are positive. And we have to understand that Whatever we think, whatever we say, whatever we do is actually our response to these things that are going on within us all the time. So let's have a look at the first one. He says... Hopefully, self. I was pointing it in the wrong direction. You have to understand I was invented before all these gizmos, uh, so I'm still trying to catch up. (laughs) Right, now, self. The voice of self is going on all the time. You think what you think. You actually decide what to think. This life of self in Scripture is called the flesh. The flesh is not just your physical life, it is your self-life quite apart from the influence of God, quite apart from the influence of His Spirit. So... The life of self and of the flesh is your natural soul life. So you think according to whatever you have allowed to come into your mind, the influences under which you've placed yourself. Now, we can see that We all have personal desires, and therefore, whatever you want is going to color your thinking, whatever you desire. Being the kind of people that we are, when we really want something, we would do everything that we can to actually acquire or succeed in that which we want to receive or that which we want to have or that which we want to do. So all of us are very familiar, of course, with our natural soul life and our personal desires, but this is also the voice of reason. Now, reason is natural. We all have reasoning power, and we all need reasoning power, but we need to use our reasons in the right way. You see, we don't live as Christians by reason, we live by revelation. Reason limits us to the natural. Revelation opens us up to the supernatural, the spiritual realm, the spiritual life of God. We use our reason to take hold of the revelation to then translate that revelation into action. So we must never allow the voice of reason to be misused in our lives because that can limit the way in which we respond to the revelation that God gives us. So we have this life of self, of our desires, of our own understanding, our own reasoning powers, remembering that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and His ways much greater than our ways. So we need revelation of Him and of who He is, of what He has done, and what He wants to do in and through us, not just to be limited, by natural reason. (coughs) The second of these voices comes from the enemy. Now, the enemy is God's enemy, and therefore he's our enemy because we are the children of God, because we belong to God. And he deals, Jesus says, in lies. He is a liar from the beginning. He is the father of lies. So, not only do we have this simple natural reasoning power, we also have the enemy who is wanting to distract us from whatever God is wanting to say and do. He wants to distract us from the truth because whatever is a lie is a contradiction to the truth. He is the one who is accusing. Jesus says he's the accuser of the brethren. So we know that when we have accusing thoughts, they don't come from the Holy Spirit, they don't even actually come from our natural mind, they come from the enemy. And if we have accusing thoughts about others, then uh, that is also something that is coming from the enemy. it's, It's an impetus from him, not from God. So, we also know as Jesus says, that he is the deceiver of the brethren. Lies, accusations, deception. Whatever is not of the truth is deception. So a lot of reasoning power may seem good to people, but it may be deception because actually it's a contradiction to the truth. Then we come to understand that the enemy can work in us directly. He, he, often the mind is his first line of attack. He wants to sow negative thoughts. He wants to sow ideas, concepts that are in contradiction to the Word of God, to the life of the Spirit, to uh, the life of God within us. Anything to distract us from the truth. Now, he can speak not only directly through, to us, but he can speak through others, even through Christians. You remember at Caesarea Philippi, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? It was Peter who proclaimed him to be the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And then Jesus chose this moment to say that he was going to be rejected and he would be crucified and raised on the third day. And Peter took Jesus aside and and he disagreed, he argued with him because this didn't fit into his concept of what should happen to the Messiah. And so Jesus looked Peter straight in the eye and he said, get behind me Satan, you're on the side of man, not of God. Now this is a salutary lesson for us to learn because one moment Jesus was congratulating Peter because he was bringing revelation from the Father. The next moment, He was actually speaking on behalf of the devil because he was contradicting the truth. So it doesn't mean that everything that every Christian says to you is necessarily going to be the truth. They can say things that are contradictory to the truth. It's sad, but God can actually use you to do that uh, inadvertently or sometimes perhaps even deliberately. You can say things that you know not to be true. They are lies, and the the devil is the father of all lies. So there's that voice that we have to contend with, not only the voice of self, but the voice of the enemy. Then the third, voice is the voice of the world. Now, this is where where we've been uh, putting the emphasis in these last couple of weeks that all around us in the world, there are all these voices, 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 all saying different things, all wanting to pull us in different directions. What we need to understand is that the scripture says that the world is under the influence of the spirit of the world. Now, I'm gonna say something now that some of you might find difficult to accept, but nevertheless, this is the truth. Whatever you say, whatever you think, whatever you do, is either motivated by the Spirit of God, who as a Christian lives in you, or it's motivated and influenced by the spirit of the world. So you see, just as it's possible as with Peter, one moment to speak revelation from God, the next moment to speak something from the enemy, so you can be under the influence of the Spirit of God at one moment and then under the influence of the Spirit of the world the next. you do well to read the first couple of chapters of the first letter of Peter. One of the things that he, he, he does right at the beginning of that letter is to talk to all his readers. This is a, a, a letter sent round circularly to all the churches He describes them as strangers in the world. And you see, this is is true of us. We are strangers in the world. We don't belong to the world. Uh, When Jesus prayed for the disciples before he uh, went to the cross, he said, Father, they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. They don't belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. No, we belong to the kingdom of God. We are in the world. We have to live the life of the kingdom in the world. That's the challenge for us, but we don't belong to the world, and God does not want us to be under the influence of the spirit of the world, because the spirit of the world will do, will encourage us to do that which is worldly, but not that which is godly, not that which is spiritual. The spirit of the world will will do everything to try to. Uh, Infuse you with all that you can do yourself in your own power, your own intellect, your own ability. Whereas we know that apart from God we can do nothing, that our ability is in Him, our ability is in what God can do in us and through us. And so, you see, uh, we have to understand that in the world Everybody who is, belongs to the spirit of the world, not to the kingdom of God, is a sinner. Now, you can have good sinners and you can have bad sinners. What do I mean by a good sinner? Well, somebody who's seeking to live a good life, seeking to be a good citizen, someone who does good deeds, somebody who may live a life of devoted service to others, but they're not believers, they're not Christians, They don't have the Spirit of God living within them. They're not saved. They do not have an inheritance in heaven. They are still sinners in need of salvation, in need of God, in need of Jesus. And just because they're living seemingly good lives does not prevent them from committing sin because everybody does that. But you see, we are privileged because our sins are forgiven. But there are many there who are seeking to live good lives, but actually they are riddled with guilt over things that they know that they have done that that have not been right and have not been good, things that may be concealed from others. They may project this, this uh, aura of, of being good citizens, but they know in their own hearts the things that have not been right and not been good and that have caused them, therefore, to be guilty. By contrast, of course, there are bad sinners who who just lead very selfish, indolent lives and and, uh, there's no pretense at being good citizens. But good sinners or bad sinners, they're all sinners in need of God and in need of salvation. So, we have to understand that most of the media is motivated by the spirit of the world, not by spirit of God. You turn your television on and 99% of what is projected through the television, through radio, through most of the other forms of media are motivated by the spirit of the world, not by the spirit of God. So we see that We have these three negatives. I'm, I'm afraid we've got to face the fact that the voice of self is a negative when it comes to the purpose of God, because Jesus said that if anyone is going to follow him, he's got to deny himself, take up his cross, and follow after him. So we've got these three negatives, the voice of self, the voice of the enemy, And the voice of the world, and the world is shouting at us. The world is screaming at us. The world is wanting to influence us all day, every day. Think as the world thinks. Take on the values of the world, not the values of the kingdom. But praise God, we have two positives. And of course, I've I've mentioned one of them extensively, and we'll come to that in a moment. But first, we have the Word of God. Now, of course, the Word of God in your book doesn't do you any good. The Word of God has to be in your heart and therefore in your head, in your mind, in your thinking. This is why it's so important for us to feed on the Word of God. I spend hours really, every week, many hours every week, feeding on the Word of God. Now, I've, I've been in ministry for, for 57 years. I've been a Christian for, for about 70 years or more. I don't know how often I've read the Word, but I keep feeding on the Word, feeding on the Word, spend time feeding on the Word. It's not a question of saying, I know the Word. I might know the Word better than many of you, but I still feed on the Word. Why? Because I want to counteract all these three negative voices. I want my thinking to be conditioned by the thinking of God. And you see, the thing about the word of God is that it is the voice of truth. Your self-life will not always tell you the truth, the enemy will never tell you the truth, uh, and the world doesn't understand the truth. But the word of God is the word of truth. Therefore, it is always reliable. It is the word of spirit and life, and it is always reliable. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So I want to feed on the word that is going to build me up in the spirit, that is going to build me up in the life of God, not just in my own thinking. So I know that the word of God is totally reliable, It is the word of truth. It is the unchanging word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So I know that when I read the scriptures, I'm listening to the voice of God. And that's it. I'm not just reading because I ought to read the Word. I ought to have so many chapters under my belt every day or, or whatever, or follow a reading program. I'm reading the Word because I want to feed on the Word. I want the Word to feed my spirit. I want the life that is in the Word to, to fill me with that life because I need that life to counteract all these negative voices. Then, of course, the other weapon that we have is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is is the voice of God within you. So you have the voice of God in the Word of God. You have the voice of God in the Spirit of God. And uh, you must excuse me for looking around, but I just want to make sure that I've pressed all the right buttons here. Uh, So this is the voice of God within you. As Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit guides you into all the truth. So we know the Word of God is always reliable. Whenever you hear the Spirit of God, He is just as reliable because the Word is the Word of truth, the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. But of course, what we always want to be sure of is that we are listening to the voice of the Spirit and not to ourselves or not to the enemy or not to the voice of the world. And this is why there's this sort of confusion, or it can be confusion, it it, it can be a tension that is going on within us all the time, where these five voices are all wanting our attention. They're wanting your focus. And of course, what we learn to do as Christians is to keep in line with the Word and the Spirit because the Word and the Spirit are are able to overcome even our own self-desires which are contradictory to what God is wanting for us in His kingdom purposes. And as we keep hold of the Word and the Spirit, so we are able to overcome the voice of the enemy. We will not be deceived. We will not be taken in by anything that is a contradiction to the truth. And and at the same time, we will not be motivated by the spirit of the world. Caroline and I, uh, six weeks ago tomorrow, had the blessing and the privilege of receiving our first vaccination, our first jab uh, against the virus. Uh, That was a great blessing. It was a great privilege because this is added protection. Like you, I've been believing that God would keep us protected from all the powers of the evil one, including this virus. But, you know, uh, when you go out in the, in, in the day, especially in the, that cold snap that we had uh, recently, you wouldn't go out naked saying, I'm believing God to keep me warm. No, no, you use the natural protection that is available to you. And so it's good for us to use this protection that not only protects us, but also protects society and not to listen to some of the crazy things that other people are saying about this virus and about uh, how the enemy is wanting to use this. We can be very thankful that our, our government had the foresight to order these vaccines so that Well, I believe the figure yesterday was nearly 17 and a half million people have now received that vaccine. So I encourage all of you to do that. I believe it's actually our responsibility biblically to do that because we are supposed, in Scripture, to be submitted to the authority of the government that rules over us. So the government is saying everybody get get, uh, inoculated, so... As good Christians, not just as good citizens, we say, Amen. We will, and we will receive the blessing and protection that that gives us. Now, all these voices going on within us, and because they're going on all around us, how do we sort out what's what? Because that's what we always need to know, isn't it? Especially when you're in a situation where you're praying about a situation and and you want to know, well, is this God? Is this myself? Is this the enemy? So let's see if we can uh, help to sort that out. First of all, I'm going to give you just an example. Just one kind of situation that can arise uh, in our lives. I'm sure that you are blessed by the realization that when you confess your sins, they are completely forgiven, that God eradicates those things. It's as if those sins never existed. You are totally and absolutely forgiven and you don't have to revisit those things. The enemy, of course, Often wants you to look back upon your sins, but you don't know, no, they're forgiven. That's that's dealt with. There'll be no mention of those things on the day of judgment. It's as if those things never existed. I am completely free. I am completely forgiven. Well, that's the truth, isn't it? And so we don't want to listen to any of the lies of accusation and condemnation from the enemy or from anybody else that we are not forgiven. Okay, so if this is true for you, it's also true for every other Christian. Every other Christian who has confessed their sins is forgiven. God has eradicated that sin. It no longer exists. They are completely free from that sin and free from all the guilt that is associated with that sin. So supposing that you know a brother or a sister in Christ that has sinned, that has messed up, that has failed in some way. You know about that. It's, it's, it's obvious to you. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, do not judge. Now, in my experience, a long experience of being a Christian, sadly, not every Christian obeys that word, that often people judge others that they see have messed up. But listen, my friend, supposing that person that messed up has asked God for forgiveness. That means that sin no longer exists. That means that if you are criticizing that person, judging that person, perhaps even condemning that person, gossiping about that person, speaking about what they've done to somebody else, you're speaking about something that doesn't exist. And this is why, you see, Jesus says that if you judge others in that way, you will place yourself under the same judgment with which you're judging others. In other words, you are, by your accusation, which comes obviously from the devil because he is the accuser of the brethren, if you're accusing brethren, you're judging them, you're not speaking from the Holy Spirit You're not speaking from the Word of God. You're actually speaking counter to the Word of God, counter to the voice of the Spirit. You're actually listening to the voice of the enemy, accusing. You're denying the Word of God. You're you're denying what Jesus says about not judging. So you actually have placed yourself in a far worse position than the one you're judging. Now, you see, That's just one example, isn't it? But it's an example of how we can listen to the wrong voices if we don't hold fast to the Word of God. Now, in the parable of the sower, Jesus talks about the seed of of the Word of God falling into different kinds of soil. Uh, And we know that when the seed falls into the good soil, it produces good fruit. Jesus says that fruit can reproduce 30 times, 60 times, 100 times that which was sown. So when God sows his word, it can be reproduced in us. That's why we need to be so conscious of the word of God, so submitted to the spirit of God, that the spirit and the word can work together so that we are speaking and and actually bearing abundant fruit. We are speaking good seed into the lives of other people we may be surrounded by all this noise that that is bad seed. We might have the influence of self, of the devil and of the world that is is seeking to sow bad seed into our thinking. But we have the Word of God and we have the Spirit of God and everything that they sow is good seed. And in in, uh, Luke's uh, edition of this uh, parable, Uh, Jesus describes the hundredfold fruit uh, as being produced in those that hold fast to the Word of God with an honest and good heart. In other words, the hundredfold fruit, the most fruitful people for God's glory, for God's purposes, for God's kingdom purposes are those who hold fast to the word. They, they, they're ready to deny self. They're ready to deny the enemy and his influence. They're even ready to deny the spirit of the world around us that is contradicting the word of God. How important, therefore, that we are well-versed in the word of God, that we are well-versed in in, uh, in in the way in which we are dependent upon the Holy Spirit. When I was a very young pastor, fairly newly ordained, uh, I did a lot of house-to-house visiting, uh, which um, was common in those days for pastors to do. And one of the people that I, I visited every so often was someone who had been... Uh, a Methodist preacher, a lay preacher. He was an elderly man. He wasn't part of our church because he was a Methodist. But he was housebound and uh, I had other people that were part of our congregation living nearby. So I used to love to look in uh, uh, and, and visit him. And the reason for that is he had such an extraordinary knowledge and understanding of God's Word. He'd spend his whole life really studying God's Word, feeding on God's Word. And I would sit there and he would just bless me by the way in which he was unfolding the Word. Now, in those days, because I hadn't been brought up with an evangelical background, I I was ignorant of the Word. I I just didn't know and understand the Word as he did. Uh, And I can remember thinking then, if only I had the grasp of the Word of God that this man has. But it, it bursts something in me, you see, because I realized, well, there's no shortcut to that. If, if I'm going to be a person of the Word like he is, then I've got to give time to the Word, to feed on the Word, to feed on the Spirit, so that my thinking is in line with, with, with God's thinking. Because, you see, God's thinking is the only answer to all the noise of the world around us. Now, we know that because it's so blatantly obvious to us as Christians. But what's the point of knowing that if we don't take the necessary steps to become the people of the Word and the Spirit that God wants us to be? There are three things that God wants to do in your life because he wants to do these things in the life of every believer. He wants you to be as he is to speak what he says, and to do what he does. Now, we can understand perhaps more readily, yes, God wants us to speak in line with his word, speak into the noise, speak the truth of God, which is a contradiction to all the deception, all the lies, all, all the, the self-motivated stuff that's going on, all the, those things motivated by the spirit of the world. We need to speak that word of truth over our own lives, over our brothers and sisters in Christ, over the church of which we're a part. But we need also to be speaking that word whenever we have opportunity into the lives of other people, into the circumstances all around us, so that we are sowing good, positive seed, because a good tree bears good fruit, whereas a bad tree bears bad fruit. But we've we've got to be the men and women of the word that are able to do that. It's not just a question of of quoting scriptures uh, uh, at people. Goodness me, that's enough to put anybody off. But we know that everything that we speak is in line with the word. Everything is expressing the truth of God, the truth of what he has done for us in Christ, the truth of what he has made us in Christ. And we can understand that we are to follow in the steps of Jesus, therefore we are to do the things that he does. And, and we're challenged, aren't we, by the things that Jesus says, that anyone who believes in me will do the same things as I've been doing, and greater things still will he do because I go to the Father. But it's, it's a challenge to see that God expects us to do the same things that, that Jesus did because he lived the life of the kingdom. He spoke positive truth over the lives of his disciples even when they messed up even when they failed even when they didn't understand and and with all those who opposed him all the pharisees and so on i mean jesus lived in the midst of all this noise of opposition all the time opposition to the truth opposition to the gospel but all the time he he spoke the truth he spoke the word he he spoke against those things that were against the kingdom but you see, Jesus not only wants us to speak what He says and to do what He does, he wants us to be as He is. And that's, I think, is the biggest challenge to us as Christians, that God's purpose is to transform us into His likeness with ever-increasing glory. And of course, the more like Jesus we, come, we become, the more we will speak in accordance with the way He would speak and do what He would do. In other words, we will be able to counteract the noise all around us. But you can see, can't you, from what I'm sharing with you this morning, that our ability to to do that, to counteract the noise around us, means that we have to learn to overcome the noise that is within us and not listen to these voices of self and the, the voice of of, of of the enemy and the voice of the world, not to allow those things to have any influence over us that is going to detract us from being able to be the, the people of the Word and Spirit that God calls us to be. You know, one of the great gifts that God has given us is the gift of his peace. Remember, when well, before Jesus went to the cross and when he first appeared to the disciples in uh, his resurrection body, he imparted to them this gift of peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Peace such as the world cannot give, do I give to you. You see, if we listen to the voice of the world, if we... if if we just feed on the media instead of feeding on the truth, then we we are not going to know that peace that passes all understanding in the way that God wants us to. He wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be able to live in that rest, resting in him, trusting in him, trusting in his word, trusting in his spirit. So, beloved, I'm afraid there isn't any shortcut as far as uh, this whole business of, of overcoming those, those wrong voices uh, is concerned. All we can do is feed on the Word and trust in the Holy Spirit. So what I want to commend to you is the, the most but the, the two most effective things that you can do to deal with the noise in your own life is to feed on the Word and to be submitted wholeheartedly to the voice of, you, of the Holy Spirit. To do that consciously and deliberately every day. Lord, I submit myself to you today, spirit, soul, and body, to be led by your Holy Spirit you see, we're the children of God and the Word of God says that the sons of God, the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. And that's it. If we, if we live as the children of God, if we live as those who belong to the kingdom of God, we won't be led by the voice of self, by our own desires, or even just by the voice of reason. We, we won't be led either by the enemy, nor by the spirit of the world that is operating all around us. But we will be led by the spirit of God. Praise his name that he has given us the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise his name that you have the voice of God within you. But you see, if you don't, build that relationship with the Holy Spirit and live in the good of that relationship, although you have the voice of God within you, it will be drowned out by those negative voices of self, of of the enemy and of the world. The world, the flesh and the devil. It's the Word of God, isn't it? So we don't want the voice of God to be drowned out by those other voices. You see, The voice of the Spirit is that still, small voice of God. The devil will shout at you. Your emotions and desires will scream at you sometimes. The world will do everything it can to influence you. And the Holy Spirit will just quietly, quietly, quietly remind you of the truth. But if you don't listen, if you listen to the noisy voices, you'll miss the most important voice because the Spirit and the Word always work together. I believe that this is a time when we Christians need to stand up and be counted in the sense that having this deposit of truth within us and within this Bible that we revere, having that within us, we can be such a blessing to so many people. You know, I'm often asked by people, have you got a word from God for me? I'm always tempted to say, yes, repent and believe because that's always God's word to us. Uh, But the the point is this. Don't look to others to give you a word from God. Every day look to the Holy Spirit to give you many words from God, to be the one who is going to help you to know what to say at the time when you need to say it, show you what to do at the time when you need to do it. We are men and women of the Spirit, not of the world. We are strangers in the world, but we're citizens of the kingdom. And we're called to live the life of God's heavenly kingdom here on earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, I praise God that that we do not have to listen to the noise, but we listen to the voice of God. The Word awaits you every day. The Spirit is within you every day. And whether you realize it or not, He is speaking to you throughout every day, just waiting for you to give Him the attention He needs to hear what He's saying, instead of listening to all those other voices. Listen to this verse of Scripture from 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. And I'm just going to finish with this. What do you think God wants for you today, tomorrow, and every day? Do you think he wants you to depend upon the voice of self, the voice of reason, or the voice of God? Does he want you to give space to the voice of the enemy or to stand against all the accusations, lies, deception and condemnation of the enemy and to listen to the voice of God? Do you think he wants you to live under the influence of the spirit of the world? Or do you believe that he wants you to live under the influence of the spirit of God? Now there's a very obvious answer to all three of those questions and I'm sure you got all three right. But you see, knowing what is right is one thing. Doing what is right is another. So this is a message not for you to listen and say, oh, that's something I needed to hear, Pastor Collins. This is something for you to do. Because the reason why we're having this course on the voice and the noise is because we are to be the voice of God in the noise. That's your privilege. That's my privilege. That's the privilege of the whole body of Christ. Pray with me now. Just close your eyes wherever you are. And first of all, ask God to forgive you if you realize that you spend too much time listening to the voice of self, seeking the fulfillment of your own desires, that what matters to you more than anything else is getting what you want rather than what God wants. Now, if that's true for you, just ask God to forgive you because... He will, and that will wash away that sin out of your life. Thank you, Jesus. It only takes God as long to forgive you as it takes you to ask for his forgiveness. If you realize that you've sometimes listened to the voice of the enemy, that you've judged, you've criticized, you've condemned, you've You've spoken negative things. You've been deceitful. You've, whatever it is, say, Lord, forgive me. I've sometimes been motivated by the wrong voice. Because the voice of the enemy is always the wrong voice. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. And if you understand that you've been influenced so much by the spirit of the world that you want worldly success you want worldly acclaim you want worldly recognition that you spend so much time feeding on the word uh, on the uh, on the world rather than feeding on the word ask God to forgive you Now, you see, God has just set you free in these last two or three minutes from three of those voices. He's canceled them out. But don't leave a void in your life. Say to God now, Lord, I want to be a man, woman of the Word. Not just to read your Word, but to feed on your Word. Every day of my life, I want your word to actually form your thinking so that I think as you think, I believe as you believe, and I would do as you do. And then you can say to the Lord, Lord, I devote myself, I submit myself afresh, to the life of your Holy Spirit within me. I thank you that you have placed your voice within me. I thank you that your Holy Spirit will guide me into all the truth. Hallelujah. So God has cancelled out the three negative voices and you have prayed for God to increase the two positive voices in your life. Now maintain that balance because the three negative voices won't cease to speak, but you will keep them under your feet. Yes, keep even that that voice of self under your feet because you're walking in the way of the Lord not the way of the world. Just thank God now as, as, uh, as we finish. Just thank God that you're a stranger in the world, but a citizen of his kingdom. Hallelujah. Now, just one th- further thing that God has laid on my heart this morning. He wants to do some miracles. Is this the kind of message that will precede miracles? Well, I believe the answer to that is yes. Because some of you have been muddled in your thinking concerning things that God needs to do in your life. And what God is doing this morning is cancelling out the negative voices and enhancing those two positive voices. And where does faith come? Faith never comes from self, from the devil, or from the world. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God and the spirit of faith. Faith is a gift of the Spirit. So those negative attitudes towards your situation are under your feet. And right now, you know, there's the word of God that says, if you live in me and my words continue to live in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. It will be done for you. So right now, thank God for your miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You don't have to think you're going to feel the power of God shooting up and down your spine or anything like that, just thank him for your miracle. Thank you, Lord. All along, all along, you have wanted to inspire my faith by your word and spirit. And I've so often listened to all those negative voices that tell me why you won't do what you've promised to do. But Lord, I thank you that all those negative voices are under my feet. And now I listen to the voice of your word and your spirit. And I believe, and I thank you for that miracle in my life. Maybe a miracle of healing, maybe a miracle in relationship, maybe a miracle in your work life, it can be any kind of supernatural intervention by God because his word and his spirit are working for you. Thank you, Jesus, for every miracle of your mercy and grace that you do in your lives, in our lives. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, that we have the voice of God within us Because of your great and wonderful love for us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.